influencing i feel like started as like hey we're like normal people it's not that anymore like just posting about our lives but it is so different they are so far from normal that like we've all kind of lost touch of like what things are supposed to be like hello clowns i'm ami i'm you chen and we're the hosts of clown bites podcast We're two best friends who are chronically online and get together weekly to laugh and discuss all the clown behavior we see on the internet. And there's so much. Truly so much. We're so glad to have you here to clown around with us and we hope you enjoy the episode. Hello clowns. Welcome back to another episode of Clown Vibes. If I sound different, it's because I'm sick. (laughs) Yet again. (laughs) But, you know, maybe this nasally voice is, like, sexy for people. I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, like the smoker's voice? <laughs> the sick, like, cold voice? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yes. When we post TikToks for this episode, I'm sure we'll get a comment. Oh, yeah. On. The vocal fry? We get that all the fucking time. The vocal fry. JK, we got it once. Fuck everyone. And I have not stopped thinking about it. <laughs> not. For one second, I think about it daily. That's my Roman Empire. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, so since I've been back from Japan, I feel like I finally have caught up on TikTok. When we were discussing last night, I was like, Thank God. Oh my gosh, are we off again? Because you were saying how you got so much Eras Tour concert, but it was just because I was away for like three hours mm. and I suddenly got all of it too. And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I saw this stitch of a stitch. I love this because I'm like, ooh, a little rabbit hole that I can okay. go under. But basically, this girl was like, I saw this video of this girl basically saying how she saw this other influencer basically copy her look, like her outfit. And it was like a sweater over something. And it made like this other influencer pause because okay. she's like, wait. Isn't the whole point of influencing supposed to be that other people copy you? But somehow influencers are upset when other influencers copy them. (laughs) I saw a video. I don't remember if it was Condiment Claire or Wishbone. It was Wishbone because I saw Wishbone. It was Wishbone, right? Okay, yeah. She said the same thing. Like, someone made her recipe, and she was like, hey, that's mine. And then she, in the video herself, was like, wait, isn't that a yeah, good isn't thing? isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it is. It's very confusing to be upset about that, I guess. To take a step back, how do you feel about people copying you? Have you ever had someone copy you before? You I copy me all the time. And I don't care. <laughs> I do copy you. I don't you actually copy me though. Like you literally ask me for like what I have and I tell you. I think that's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) There was actually this girl in high school that would copy me sometimes. Um, would like copy my style. Uh She was like a few years younger than me. And it always it always made me feel weird. It made me feel like, oh, what what are you doing? But it was – like, she doesn't do it in a way that you do it where you're like, oh, I love that. Like, where'd you get it? Then I would tell you she would do it, like, really slyly. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Something was off about it. It, like, made me feel, feel icky. I kind of get why influencers would feel icky about it too. But also, that's your whole fucking job. 
<laughs> is to influence people. Yeah, that's literally your job. And it should be flattering when that is your career. Hmm. I'm a big like, I'll just buy what other people have so that I don't have to think yeah. about it. Because I like to make zero decisions. <laughs> it's not so it's not so much that like I want to copy. It's just like I don't have the brain capacity to find things myself. <laughs> Me and Amy at all times like are wearing very similar really? things. We do have just like a similar clothes vibe, but yeah, like also a lot of the times because Chad is like a sneakerhead, he will tell Amy to buy some shoes. And then I'm like, oh, I really like those shoes. I'm going to get them too. <laughs> Ali has become a sneakerhead literally this year. <laughs> On to our main topic of this week, which is influencers. Have you noticed like the shift lately on TikTok about how people just seem done with influencers? Like everyone is over it. Yes. And I'm kind of living for it. <laughs> Mainly because – yeah. I love to hate and I love to watch pe- – actually, I don't love to hate. I love to watch other people hate. And I – Yeah. It, it's kind of like – it's kind of fun to watch this discourse because it like – truth be told, I don't think we're ever going to get rid of influencers. But I no. have seen so many anti-Emma Chamberlain videos and for what? So many. And it's not like she like did one specific yeah. thing or she said one specific thing that like caused – an uproar but it was like one video <laughs> has like caused a spiral of like anti-emma chamberlain videos so many people yeah and i saw a video about the discourse that was just like you guys she's been doing this oh, yeah. her whole life like why are we all of the sudden mad and they're just like are you listening to her no. podcast to like <laughs> get knowledge no you're just like listening it for to it for shits if you're listening like why do you expect her to be any different than she's always been? And, like, they're bringing up how she didn't graduate or go to college or something. And it's just, like, she hasn't. Yeah. Ever. Like, I don't know. This is not a new thing. It's just, like, what's going on? Okay, context for the audience. Emma Chamberlain is a Gen Z influencer. She's huge. I would say she's, like, the most popular Gen Z influencer. I think she started off on YouTube. And she's just, like – her YouTube videos were her running around getting coffee, like just doing little Gen Z things, like just living her own teen life. Yeah. And so she's gotten so big, you know, she doesn't need to go to college and she has like multiple ventures. She has Chamberlain Coffee. Um, and her latest venture is she has a podcast. I think it's called Anything Goes mm-hmm. with Emma Chamberlain. And basically she's just she's just shooting the shit in her bedroom. There's no co-host, it's just her. And the feedback, you know what? I found out about Emma Chamberlain's podcast because someone was like raving about that one particular episode. Do you remember what I'm talking about mm. where she claims that there's like a shift in pop culture? A shift in something. Oh, yes. I think you told me to listen to it and I did listen to it. But I am not a single host podcast yeah. listener. So – it is very hard for me to pay attention to those types of podcasts. So it just was interesting, but I did never continue yeah, after that. Yeah, it's interesting because I got exposed to her podcast because someone was praising it. And now that podcast is getting shit on <laughs> left <laughs> and right. And she's had this podcast for years. 
So it's like randomly it's getting shit on. It's not as if one episode like was bad. They're just shitting on it in ent- its entirety and it's just like, okay, everyone's Yeah, bored. and like don't expect <laughs> – who is having this expectation that Emma Chamberlain's podcast is like the New York Times and you're going to get really great journalism or like think pieces? No. Her stuff is probably like clown vibes where we just literally shoot the shit. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like don't listen to us for facts because we don't remember a single thing <laughs> and we're trying to just – like tell you from our memory that makes no sense so (laughs) yeah but I think like this is definitely super representative of the shift in how society is viewing influencers lately I saw this one video of this Mm -hmm. girl basically saying like I blocked this one influencer family because they moved into my family home and they're creating like a series of basically renovating her childhood home and like calling it a fixer-upper And so many people – like, that video went viral because they're, like – I think people just love to hate influencers right now. Like, Yeah. Like, what is wrong with fixing up your home? Like, that is, like, prime TikTok content right there. Like, everyone's doing it. Yeah, I think it's because there's such a divide between influencers and normal people now where they get so much money for doing essentially nothing and then – like, all of us normal people have to, like, work a lot – jobs and, like, people have to work multiple jobs. And it's just creating a lot of resentment. So then, of course, when you're like, well, this was, like, a home that I loved and, you know, was special to me and you're saying, like, it's a dump, obviously it's going to sting. But I don't know. It is just life right now. Definitely, I think the wealth gap. I've seen so many videos about the wealth gap as well lately about how like there's just – I mean, it's self-explanatory. There's just a gap in society where there's a lot of wealthy people and then the rest of us just live a completely different life. But like what we're exposed to is this like wealthy subset of individuals who – and it just like makes you resentful. Like any normal person would feel resentful towards that. Yeah, and especially, like, influencing, I feel like, started as, like, hey, we're, like, normal people. It's not that anymore. Like, just posting about our lives. But it is so different. They are so far from normal that, like, we've all kind of lost touch of, like, what things are supposed to be like. Have you seen those videos shitting on the Target Man? (laughs) Yes. And I've never seen the Target Man's video. But I've only seen – okay – Explain to the well, audience. it's interesting because usually these kind of videos are usually videos done by women and then they get shit on. But it's so it's interesting that mm-hmm. it's a man that's getting shit on for this. But for the audience, there's a bunch of different types of like vlogging type videos. And there's been a ton where like people are filming these, I don't know, in film, do they call it like side reels where it's like you have the camera away and it's like, filming you parking a car you walking into target you like checking out but like usually in these reality type or like vlog type productions you have a film crew or like someone else filming but because we know these influencers are very small usually these influencers who are doing these are very small they are doing it themselves so it's like people calling him out being like okay so you literally drove into the parking lot set up your tripod got back into your car parked your car, got out, set up your tripod to, like, 
feel me walking into Target. You walked out. <laughs> you moved your – like, there's so much, like, setting up back and forth that it in your mind, you just can't, can't help but giggle at the fact that, like – yeah. You can't imagine someone actually doing this in real life, but they are. They are. And it's it's kind of like, remember when we tried to do the day in my life <laughs> and I did not get up to set up my camera. Like, I literally just rolled and grabbed it. But it's just always so weird to watch people's, like, waking up in the morning videos. Yeah. Like, all of those videos where you're watching, like, someone and their partner cuddle. You're like, yeah. what? Oh, <laughs> Like, this is not authentic. And, like, even though sometimes it does seem authentic, you're just like, this isn't. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, like, kind of a mind fuck <laughs> to be like, what's going on? And, like, those types of filming have been around for a really long time. But for some reason, we're just calling it yeah. out now. Like, this is stupid. I don't know if you remember that one video where this woman – was like, I am going through the most like emotional time of my life and it's her literally <laughs> shaking. And there's so many recreations of like setting up the camera and then shaking. <laughs> and then getting like, I feel bad for the woman. Like the internet really did her dirty. But at the same time, the internet yeah. is right. Like this is what you did. <laughs> yeah. And you choose to put this stuff out and it's just like – People are taking potentially real intimate moments in their lives and putting it on the internet and it's just like you took the time when you're sobbing to film yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Have you seen all that backlash on Caitlin Bristow lately? No. Okay. So obviously she's been going through it because her and Jason T- Tarek, I think that's his last name, broke up their engagement. So it is a very stressful time for her, but she has been like posting a lot of these videos of her setting up the cameras or like, you know, in the background setting up the camera and watching her have a panic attack. (laughs) It's like in the middle of your panic attack, are you setting this camera up? Like what is going on here? And like everyone's just trashing her for that because it's like you're kind of just making light, like not making light, but like, I don't know, just. It just feels bad. I don't know how to explain it. No, I think it. it feels bad because this is supposed to be a really authentic moment that you're sharing with your audience, but it is obviously inauthentic. Like, I'm sure she is upset. Is she actually yeah. having a panic attack, which is a very serious situation? We don't know because when you're having a panic attack, are you subconsciously thinking, oh, it's time to film? Yeah, like, let's make content yeah. out of this. It's it's hard to grapple with that. And, like, who are we to say that that's not authentic, I guess, to her? But, like, it's – if it is, it has gone so far that, like, in your – maybe, like, one of your most darkest, like, saddest moments, you're thinking about producing content? Like, that's how fucked up that's this how, thing yeah, has gotten. That's how, I mean, and it's not really – their fault because that content does well and so it's been normalized which is weird that all of a sudden we're like nah it sucks it's not real like did we ever think it was real maybe a little bit yeah I think it's so widespread now that you can't help but critique it more than like in the past everyone their mom is an influencer now (laughs) We're trying to be – not really. I don't think we could ever be, like, good influencers because we hate doing it. What 
everything that I see of like day in the life of being an influencer, the one thing I cannot get behind is like they really like put on makeup. Like all the like really pretty girls, they're always doing their makeup for casual videos. And I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> I truly do not have the energy to do that. <laughs> that is the one thing that is truly holding me back is I, I can't get behind that. And it's just like they have no job, right, most of the time. It is like, hey, get ready with me to like go pick up my laundry. It's like let me get a coffee treat on the way. And if the only thing I had to do in my day was pick up my laundry, like you're living the best life and people just aren't going to love that because they're they're not living this like life where one errand is your whole day's activity. You're living my weekend that I work my ass for. Yeah, exactly. And like some people's weekends can't even be like that, you know? And they're doing this on a random Wednesday. And you're just like, well, fuck you. What have you done that is like so special and different that you are allowed to do this when most people aren't? Yeah, so I guess we're kind of getting into our next session, which is like criticisms that we've seen lately about the influencer industry. So the first is, so much criticism on like the social media manager who makes like I don't know 60k a year paying like basically their salary yeah. to big influencers for just like one post or like one Insta reels. And even with like the rise of micro influencers and I don't know, people define micro influencers differently, but I would say if you have like 10 to 12k influ- or followers, you could easily be classified as a micro influencer. And they're just making like 1k a post like it's really easy to get monetized when you start gaining some followers and so there's just like it's to the point of like the wealth gap like it's so apparent and because especially with the rise of tiktok where any video can go viral a normal like social media manager and average joe can just like say something like that and it go viral and it just caused so much additional discourse between the two separate like entities Remember the random man from Atlanta girl where, you know, like good for her for being able to monetize like this bad situation that happened to her. But basically overnight, she gained so much popularity that she is then selling merch. (laughs) And that has just like not been a aspect of life previous to TikTok because on Instagram, it's actually not that easy to gain that many followers overnight. It's not easy at all, actually. I don't know anyone who's been able to do that like a random person but on tiktok it happens daily yeah it's it's gonna gonna be be us us. (laughs) but we'll see (laughs) and like the thing that they're doing sometimes to like gain these followers like tube girl is make a quote-unquote fool out of themselves in public for their online persona and that has also been getting so many critiques of just like what kind of dystopian world do you live do we live in like black mirror world where your online persona is like way more important than how you interact with people in life. Yeah, that's so interesting. The whole tube girl phenomena is crazy because I think she basically became so big overnight, like even bigger, like it was quicker than the rise of Alex Earl, in my opinion. Um, And she monetized that quickly and – it's interesting because mm-hmm. she was UK based and that was like right at the like start of all the fashion week content in Europe. So she was like 
primed to like basically attend all the shows and create so much content from it. But it went from something somewhat authentic, like you were at the beginning. Yeah. I don't know if you got her videos at the beginning, just watching her feeling herself in the tube. And that was like fun to watch. Yeah. But it went from that to like max sponsorship, walking for I don't know which brands she walked for. And then it just became like, yeah, I don't know if I like your content anymore because you monetized it so aggressively so fast. Yeah, and it's also like, okay, you made like a funny or cool video of you like in the tube, but how many of those can you make? And that is your only content now. And like a few weeks after she blew up, people would take videos of her creating videos and she just like, you have to look funny doing it. There's just no other way to do it. So, <laughs> wait. What the Have fuck? Have you tried to make a Tube Girl video yet? Remember, we did it in New York. Did we really? Were you drunk? On whose phone? Yes, it's on my, on my TikTok. It's on mine. <laughs> but it's like us in the, in the hotel because we were like, let's practice. And oh. that's when you first told me about Tube Girl. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't do it on the subway. No way. As soon as we did it in like at the hotel, we were like, we're never doing this. I didn't even know about her until you said that. And that's when I looked it up and then we did this practice video. <laughs> we practiced and we never started. We were Once. just like, no, let's not. No, it's yeah. Not for us. <laughs> this is not for us. Yeah. Okay. I literally just got a video like this this morning and it made me feel icky. Okay. But this girl was like, you know how um, – photos are like really in like the photo trends or whatever she's like these are all the like fall winter coats that I'm really loving somehow they're all like Zara coats that are in season this year so it's not like stuff that you've accumulated Um. in the past years it's everything that you you basically bought it this year for this to make it yes the hauls have gotten really out of control of just people buying a shit ton of stuff to try on for camera and then probably return. And, like, I mean, maybe they're getting some money from the brands. Maybe they're just trying to, like, get big. But I'm always curious when I see those videos, like, what they actually kept. Because they do say, like, I'm going to keep this. I'm going to return this. But of the things they say they keep, did they keep it? Or did you buy all of this stuff that's so wasteful to then just return because you wanted to make content. Yeah, especially I'm glad I'm glad people are talking about it now though because this has been a really widespread practice even in the mid 2010s. Like, do you know the influencer Danny Austin? I think no. she's Dallas based. A lot of people hate her right now. Um, but she's been around for a <laughs> while. Um, and I've seen like some Mm-hmm. Videos come from like just regular Joes who are like, oh yeah, I was a sales associate at Nordstrom during like Danny Austin's 2010 era and she would always come in and like make all the returns of all the videos of all the like outfits that she basically filmed that I saw the day before on her YouTube or whatever. So it is yeah. very wasteful and fun industry knowledge that I gave Ami um, while we were in New York last year is like, I think there is a law against basically returning shoes like if you buy shoes online and you make a return they can't make that they can't like sell it 
again on e-com. And I'm pretty sure it's with clothes too. Like if you buy something off of Amazon, it doesn't get, usually doesn't get restocked and like made purchasable by a normal person. Like it goes through like a returns route and usually it doesn't get sold or it gets sold to like a discounted like Marshalls or something. I don't know. I, I know for shoes, like you can't resell it online, which is really wasteful for the environment. I think clothes is, at least from my Aeropostale knowledge, you just put it back on the floor and sell it. But I don't know how it works for e-commerce anymore. And like, I'm sure certain things you definitely can't resell, like underwear or I don't know, things that are a little bit more intimate. You know, I've probably been on a soapbox about this but you know what bothers me the most is how every influencer these days think they need like a second stream or a third stream of income especially all the bachelor people i'm just like i actually don't know why you guys need a another clothing line or a app or something (laughs) like maybe a kardashian because they have the or, you know, there's criticism with Kylie now, too, for yeah, her yeah, new yeah, line, yeah. Kai. Is it Kai? Kai. Yeah. And yeah. I think people are yeah, sick of it. Kai. It's just like, you have enough. You've taken enough of my money. <laughs> and the thing is, like, especially with the Kardashians now, which I know was straying from influencer content, is, like, their new products are not of good quality. They are just pushing anything out there to, like, make money. And it's not, like, a skims-level of quality yeah and they're also apparently ripping off small designers which classic yeah, of that to do i i've heard of that like before so not uncommon uncommon for them but yeah like everyone is trying to start their own business and it's like you don't have to <laughs> just get a job <laughs> yeah well the thing is is like do you actually need this additional stream of income or you just want more money no and the thing is, it would be different if they're, like, setting themselves up for the future where it's, like, influencing is a very unstable market. Yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, I don't think it's going away, but, like, at any time it could have an upheaval that, like, it's – we won't be able to predict. So, okay, yeah. Like, if you're trying to create a little next nest egg so that you have safety, okay. But, like, I don't think that's what's happening. No. They are using it to increase their materialism. It's – it's kind of like an addiction that you can't be yeah. stopped. Like, I guess it was a model that the Kardashians really did well, but that can't be replicated by every single person. Anyone. And I feel like I'm getting yeah, pushed yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. many different brands. Like, I heard Gigi Hadid had her own line of clothing recently. It's been around for a year. And they're like $1,000 sweaters oh. that are supposed to be affordable. And I'm just like – Gigi, you have a baby. You're a very successful model. I don't know if, like, you really need an affordable sweater line that's not affordable. Yeah, like, you've lost the plot if you think 1000 is affordable. And I guess, like, to you, that's, like, pennies. But to a normal person, that's a that's not. To wrap it up, what are some influencers that we used to like but maybe don't like anymore? Who are we enjoying, like – Obviously, Ami and I are still consumers of influencer content. There's there's no stopping us. We love it. Yes. Ami, you go first. What are some influencers you're enjoying? Okay. Right now, I 
really like Condiment Claire because she just makes like jams and stuff and like taste tests different types of like weird condiments. And she has not monetized her videos in a way that is at least noticeable to me. Like everything feels very authentic. She goes back to her dad's French mill. She's French. And it's just like doing chores around the mill or like creating different recipes or trying out different bakeries. Like it feels very authentic and it doesn't feel like she lives in excess, which I appreciate. Like she literally wears her shoes to where she has holes in them and then is sad when she has to buy new shoes. So it feels very real, even though I know that she has to be making so much money from this, which I appreciate. How many followers does she have? Um, I don't know actually, but I would ha- I I want to say close to a million. Oh, nice! Like she's big. Honestly, I yeah. saw, and like she's also friends with celebrities. I saw some discourse the other day where it's like anyone has a million followers these days. Like a million is not that big. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm clad bags. Which is crazy. <laughs> fair. <laughs> okay, fair. But like, I do think her following is substantial. Um, natural. Yeah, yeah, and like from putting out good consistent content and not like an overnight blow up because I've been watching her videos for years and then my newest like favorite is um the sugar baby called Palmer although she's off of TikTok now and I haven't seen her in like a month which is sad but I was really just enjoying her stories and she wasn't that big she was trying to monetize but she wasn't there yet so it's just kind of interesting to see I love finding influencers who haven't started monetizing yet. The pre-monetization period is always their most, like, authentic period. Yeah. And, you know, I saw this video of Alex Earl giving, like, an interview yesterday where, like, the guy asked her, like, do you just work with any brand? And she's like, no, like, I try to keep the brands I work with, like, very authentic to my audience because, like, you don't want to upset them and this and that. And it's just like – But why are you doing it but for do your you? audience now? Like, in my opinion, you work with brands that yeah. represent you. Because at the end of the day, like, that's what we're watching for is you. It's, it's a weird power play. Yeah. It was confusing. Yeah, agreed. I was like, oh, like, you're doing this for the little people? Like, I'm confused. Like what's going on? And she basically was trying to be like, I need to be very authentic. I'm like, but is this authentic? I don't think so. Like just working with a brand that you don't like really love doesn't qualify as authenticity. That is just normal in a business decision. Like, I don't know. It, it, it did not sit right. And I did not feel good about how she said it. And then Half Bake Harvest, that's been having a lot of backlash apparently. <laughs> yeah. But have you heard the backlash? Okay, I saw this one video where it was like me and the devil trend and she was the devil. But I think the backlash is like Uh, her recipes are super complicated, which is I think your criticism too of her. Or is it not? That is my criticism of her. But that is not – I mean, it's not my criticism of her. It's just like why I don't really follow her anymore. One, I don't cook. So it's just kind of like whatever. The – New York Times, it was New York Times or some someone who posted, and I think this is what the real backlash is, is that she makes, like, she'll create Vietnamese dishes and, like, Mexican dishes and this and that, but she won't pronounce things right and she won't make it in the right, like, way. 
And then she's like monetizing off of it. But I had did see some videos off of that being like, well, she's trying and she's not doing it in a malicious way. She is just uneducated, but she should be educated. Like it is a weird like it's not intentional. So does she deserve this level of backlash? I don't know. Half-Big Harvest is pretty big. Okay, to, to that point, it's also just like Asian cuisines are very difficult to do it the authentic way. There are yeah. lots of spices, like lots of steps. And her main audience is what, American? Most of us can't get exactly. those like spices and ingredients or tools in our normal grocery store anyway. So if she's making a simplified version where the average American can, you know, recreate it, more power to her. And I'm saying this as an Asian woman who cooks. Yeah. I was trying to make Sundabu Jagay um today and the first recipe I found was like so complicated. I'm pretty sure it's more authentic, but I'm just like, no, I need an easy one where I can replicate. Exactly. And that's why I don't like really I guess believe in the backlash. I think it it is what it is. Like people are following her because she makes aesthetic cooking videos and her recipes are some supposed to be simple. They're not simple for me. But I just remember the scones that you made. Do you remember the scones you made? Uh oh, that wasn't her recipe though. Yeah. Yeah, it was like someone off of TikTok. Yeah. Um, but I have made well, I didn't make them, but Emily made her desserts a lot and her cookies she always says to like slap the pan on the like counter to get the cookies flat and never in our lives does that work for us (laughs) (laughs) so I'm just like how are you doing this explain this better but yeah regardless I did make one of her savory recipes one time I didn't Mm -hmm. like it because I didn't like the spice combo and then since then I've just never made a savory thing like we just have different palettes which is fine okay well to that point, you know, I mean, the audience knows because I talk about her all the fucking time. I am such a huge fan of Rocker Body because her videos or her recipes are very easy to make. Let me can testify because the one thing she cooked even I made one <laughs> was a Rocker Body <laughs> recipe. Yes, I have not cooked meat, raw meat, in my house in years and this was the first time i made a chicken chili because it seemed easy enough and it was so thank you brock what i do okay are you on reddit and do you follow like influencer snark accounts i am not really on reddit that way okay well no i wasn't either but like when you search something sometimes you get pushed different yeah yeah, it it pops pops up. up and i see that people snark on her and i'm just like why but there's like People think she is also, like, really disconnected from reality, too. I mean, she's never once said, like, her job was difficult. Like, she works very hard. But I think, like, what makes her authentic is, A, she is a healthy, quote-unquote healthy eating account. But, like, also have your fun and, like, have all these nice things like desserts and drinks. And she's not super skinny. What – I have been really frustrated by with the influencer industry is how skinny some of these girls are. And you and you and I mm-hmm. like talked about this last night, but I feel like we've normalized really skinny individuals in the influencing industry that 
probably have eating disorders that we do not know about because why would they tell us this? And I say this yeah. because I used to follow a bunch of other cooking um, accounts from women who were more skinny and they would always talk about how they don't have their periods. And not all of them have PICOs. Like, you guys cannot all have PICOs. Like, that just does not make statistical sense. (laughs) (laughs) The one thing that I like about Brock is, like, you know, she is a more, like, average-sized body woman. And I appreciate that, like, she's probably eating the food that she's making. (laughs) Yeah, that's, like, that's the thing of just when you're a cooking creator – if you are not consuming the food you eat, that's so wasteful. So wasteful. And if you are consuming it, how are you saying so skinny? <laughs> and that could be just how you naturally naturally are. I do understand that. But is it that we have only given platforms to skinny people and that's why it seems off to us? Yeah, we do. Like naturally skinny people, which we do for sure. Obviously, I love Wishbone Kitchen. I love her, Jay, and the like. She just films such fun content. But you know what I haven't been liking mm-hmm. is a lot of the like celebrity influencer crossover videos that she does. Those don't feel as authentic to me. And then I'm just like, man, I just want to see what your like day in the life as a chef, private chef, is like. That's that's all I care about. Yeah. And so I feel like she's at the point in her career where she's like branching out and trying to make connections and probably doing more partnership videos. But now I don't feel as bought in as a viewer. I have not actually seen her celebrity crossover ones, but I agree like the videos I like from her are ones where she's like either making something for herself yeah. or making something for like her clients. Um, and my guilty pleasure right now, I don't even know we talked about this, is Paige Lorenz. Do you know who Paige Lorenz is? No, I don't even know who that is. She dated Army Hammer. And she was the one that okay came – I don't know if she was the primary one, but she said a lot about, like, what he did while they were dating. Oh, my God. She was in New York, I think, around the time that I was in New York. She was in the, like, New York City influencer group. Um, and so she's yeah. beautiful. I mean – there's been a lot of snark about her. Like, she's pretty controversial. A lot of people do not like her. But she has since, like, rebranded mm-hmm. into, like, this lives in the countryside, like, cooks a lot of, like, pasta and pizza. And – Interesting. Yeah, she creates, like, really soothing vlogs that when I'm doing my cardio, when I'm walking, watching her videos. <laughs> yeah. And she's dating a pro tennis player. She was like a wag that I was excited to see in Japan, but she actually didn't go to Japan. Ugh. <laughs> but like I feel weird for liking her because there's been a lot of issues that have come out about her and I don't know what to believe at this point. Mm-hmm. But right now I'm being influenced. I'm being influenced. So she has this um, brand called Dairy Boy and in all her vlogs, she's eating a shit ton of dairy. I just want to know like – how is your stomach handling all this dairy? Man, she maybe has just like had it so much that her stomach has gotten used to it. But you know, whenever I try that tactic, it doesn't work. So I mean, she is adding whole milk to everything. Damn. I mean, I'm like half watching these videos just to see like, just to like shock myself. <laughs> <laughs> She might have like a stomach of steel. Yeah. Which is good for her. her. 
But anyways, I'm liking it right now. I don't know why. You know, sometimes influencer content, like, yeah. who knew you would be into the sugar baby content? Exactly. Exactly. It kind of hits you randomly. And it's a fleeting, sometimes a fleeting interest, which is also fine. The thing is, you cannot escape influencers if you're on any sort of social media. And it is what it is. They are making content for us to consume. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. You can follow us on all social media at Clown Vibes Podcast or email us at clownvibespodcast at gmail.com. And if you like our show and want to support us, please like, subscribe, and give us a rating and review. That's it for today. Bye, clowns. Bye, clowns. <laughs>